Hey, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science. I'm Sean. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? It's uh, Septiembre. 14 de Septiembre. September 14th. Um, Friday night. I'm cool, right? Podcasting on a Friday night. How you guys doing? It's been uh, quite a week here in New York City. Something's up. It's been literally gray and raining all day. Well, not raining all day, but it's been cloudy all day, every day this week. And uh, it's taking a toll on me. I'm feeling very much like I should be listening to Nirvana and Soundgarden albums and sulking and wearing a lot of plaid or something that's kind of the vibe this whole week in nyc so hopefully the weather's better uh in your neck of the woods obviously that's not the case if you live in the carolinas because as of right now they are getting absolutely hammered but um by hurricane florence but i don't know if you guys saw it there's a video on right now where uh this dude on the Weather Channel, this reporter, is reporting in, I think, South Carolina. And he's, like, acting like he's getting almost, like, blown away by the wind. He's, like, ducking and crouching and, like, putting his hands up. And, and then in the background, um, these two dudes are just casually, like, walk, <laughs> walking in the rain. And it's like there's obviously no really bad wind where they are. And... uh it took me down this rabbit hole of like the Weather Channel and the Today Show, just sensationalizing storms and trying to make them out to look worse. Which brings me to what is going on with weather websites and the sensationalism? Like they come across as desperate as any industry that I've ever seen when it comes to their digital content and doing like sensationalized clickbaity titles on their homepage. Because like. <laughs> All week, the Weather Channel has just said disingenuous information in their headline. And CNN um, and other news sites. Like, any little kernel of truth that they can spin into something that makes it sound like you're all about to fucking die. Brace yourself. They'll 100% do it. I remember, I think, either yesterday or two days ago... Right as the hurricane was about to hit, there was an actual news report. So I'm I'm a I'm a geek. I'm I'm a fucking dork. And I daily go on this college football message board 
for the team that I root for, which is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. They suck. They're one of the worst teams in D1 football right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. They, they suck. They suck. They suck, but I'm loyal. It's my alma mater. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my sucky-ass team. And I'm on this premium message board and that I have to pay for. That's how much of a dork I am. And uh, there's one guy who's a bigger dork than I am, and he's a weather dork, which is kind of cool. Uh, it gives you a heads up on things that other, in a perspective other people don't really get with this stuff. But he's, like, way overboard with it. You know, when you go to, like, the weather channel and you look at the forecast and there's, like, your graphics, it's sunny, cloudy, rainy, and you're like, okay, da 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 do I need an umbrella? Yes, no, da 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 But then if you were to scroll down on the page and you see that huge chunk of text and it's, like, almost like it's, like, written in another language, it'll be like, the NHC advisory... Florence has 130 per hour winds with the double OZ models. 7 p.m. estimate data input within 150 miles of the coast with the wind gust dew point level 0.75 fucking, you know, like that stuff. Where it's like a bunch of dashes and symbols and numbers and then some English, but you can't make sense of it. This guy makes sense of all of it and then writes his own summary on what it all means. And he'll do several of them a day and they're basically essays about the weather so i tend to use his summaries as my like weather report when it comes to these big storms rather than the news or anything like that because this guy really gets it he goes on like 18 different weather sites and summarizes everything he's seeing uh so i trust him and and the point the point being Right around the time the hurricane was going to make landfall in North Carolina, what happened was it it weakened. And it weakened because the eye, I think, collapsed a little. And uh, the shape got less, I guess, hurricane-like or Category 4 hurricane-like and less tight. So it got a little, a little, uh, little collapsed, which made the winds die down a little bit. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm not a fucking Al Roker. But... Overall, the point was it got weaker substantially, but because it collapsed a little, it spread out more. So I think CNN and and the Weather Channel, I think they both ran with this headline of like, Florence expands as it nears landfall or some shit like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? You guys will literally spin anything. You will spin this shit like a dreidel just for clicks when you're the source of the news it's so disingenuous and then like do you guys remember the today show back in the day when the lady the 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 meteorologist lady she's in a boat talking about flooding in new jersey which i lived in new jersey when this was going on and it wasn't that bad and uh, she's like in a boat or like a canoe talking about the storm damage and then there's two guys that like walk right by her and the water's like ankle deep <laughs> it's like this every time i always forget about this and then whenever there's any hurricane i'd say a good 80 percent of the time they underwhelm compared to what they report and what actual weather reports uh suggest it could be but unlike the actual reports leading up to it because it looks like a big deal new sites will always just be like oh my god get your fucking bread and water and then they'll go to like costco here in greensboro north carolina water's already been run out and like they they keep 
hyping it and hyping it and like putting that fear into people to the point where they're going to Costco a week before and buying all the fucking water. And then what will happen is generally the storm will like sort of weaken a little bit and then they'll double down on the fear factor and be like, there is no hyperbole when I say this is a very, very serious storm that is potentially life-threatening. And then, and then it winds up not being that bad. And then on message boards, you hear people from the South act like no hurricane's a big deal until it hits Category 4s. It's kind of like snowstorms in the North. There's nothing that collectively unites people that live in the Northern United States than... And bragging about how tough they are in the snow and how Southerners are pansies when it comes to that shit. Like when it when it there's like a dusting in Atlanta and it causes like an extra two hours of traffic. Northerners love to gloat about that shit. Love it. As a someone that grew up in the Northeast, I love it. And I know how stupid it is. And then you there's like Southerners who always have the comeback about how much we suck at like handling the heat and how dumb we are for living up in the northern it's it's a hilarious tribalistic dynamic kind of like sports it's a lot like sports but it's the fucking weather so it's dorky as shit um anyway i hope everyone in north carolina stays safe south carolina and i hope that the storm isn't as bad as initially projected it doesn't seem like it is but that water damage is no joke that flooding is no joke so Stay safe. Hopefully you all evacuated. And it's not as bad as predicted. Um, Moving on. What else we got going on this week? What else we got going on this week? Oh. Man. I, I, I'm so over rappers beefing these days. I, I don't know, man. So, I don't know if you guys know about this. This is a real big switching gears, by the way. This is like going from fucking bananas to asparagus or something but this machine gun kelly m&m beef um what petty horse shit for real like i get why m&m in his new album addressed machine gun kelly for like calling out his daughter six years ago or whatever because it's what m&m does it's what m&m does i think every time someone has any slighted Eminem, he like opens up his iPhone and puts their name in the notes panel and like what they did in the notes app and what they did. I think he has like a list, probably like a hundred names and things they did. And when he gets to an album, he gets to them. I think that's just how Eminem works. It's how he is. I get it. If I'm Machine Gun Kelly, I just let it slide, but he sees it as a PR opportunity. I get that. And he's going after him. Um, and then today, Eminem released a diss track. I think it's called Kill Shot or something. Where he's going back at Machine Gun Kelly now. And uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in 2003 all over again. I listened to it. I think it's like just came out today, like hours ago. And I listened to it before this podcast. It's good. It's good. He gets them bad, but he gets he gets P. Diddy worse. Like he, he uh, makes a rhyme about... Uh, like such and such will admit that when Diddy admits to putting a hit out on Tupac, because you know you guys know the um, rumor about Diddy hiring somebody to kill Tupac. 
uh, you know, it's been a conspiracy theory for decades now. Um, so I thought that was the most savage thing on the whole track. But he did put the beef in perspective pretty well, where he basically said, like, Machine Gun's biggest hits are, like, his flops and how he'd rather be him at 80 than Machine Gun Kelly at 20 and all this shit, which is all pretty true. Like, they're on totally different levels, which is why I kind of wish Eminem just didn't even address it. But he's Eminem. This is what he does. This is what he lives off. He's from the old school battle rapping era in the 90s. You know, he's a 90s dude. And uh, I just think it just looks petty and outdated. The whole, like, diss track culture is just so fu- It's like, come on, hip-hop. Grow up already. This seems like some prehistoric shit that just kind of maintained itself over the years. And I just... I mean, rap's maturing as a whole, I think. Um, musically, it's definitely maturing. The idea of, like, rappers singing and singers rapping, that line's obviously being blurred more and more every day, which I think is a good thing because it just allows more potential for opportunity when it comes to creativity for sure um you know drake played a huge part in that but you know it's not just drake but he was like he kind of pushed the needle in the mainstream when it comes to that sing rap stuff um, which i think is a good thing and i think overall rap's maturing i don't know if i got to this last episode but you know mac miller dying uh was, was super sad i remember that dude when he was first coming up in like 2010 with that Donald Trump song and I think like Best Day Ever and a few other ones. And I remember watching him on YouTube like, okay, okay, I buy it. I thought uh, he didn't really look like much of a rapper, but he had some decent wordplay. Like he was definitely, definitely not super polished yet. Um, but I saw the potential. I thought one thing that was 100% true that I could tell right away is that he had a good ear for beats and how to build a song over the beats, whether it's more just like a straight-up rap or if it was more like a, a single. He really had a good ear for that. Um, yeah, man, drugs are a motherfucker. Can't party too hard. It'll get you. But uh, I don't remember if I touched up on it last podcast, so I just wanted to this podcast but the point was i'm bringing up mac miller because he grew and evolved throughout his career and his last album is really good and really 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 musical and really just blends the line between uh r&b and uh rapping and uh instrumental kind of like funk kind of that anderson pock thing he got a song with anderson pock which was really good and uh i like that direction that hip-hop's going so when I see these like battle raps over shitty beats, because the beat in the Eminem track was classic, mediocre Eminem beat selection. Um, not not a good beat at all. But you know, Eminem he had some lines, he had his wordplay, uh, his flow was pretty good, a little clunky here and there, but overall pretty good. And he had this kind of like nonchalant attitude, which is obviously fake, or else he wouldn't have done this. But I felt like the whole like nonchalant angle he was taking on it was pretty uh, effective. If uh, I say that in quotes, but it made it not seem like a big deal. He wasn't going at him the way he was going at like Ja Rule back in the day. But overall, it made me feel the same kind of way. And it's like 
I really just hope rap music in general evolves past this stage. Maybe brings back the lyricism a little. I mean, I like that. I feel like the lyricism aspect of it, even though the music's kind of evolving, the lyricism's kind of going by the wayside. So I'd love to see a revival when it comes to rap lyrics, but I feel like this version, this extreme kind of like battle rap beefing diss track culture is the opposite and has all the negatives, but with the one positive being actual like wordplay. So yeah, I figured I'd just touch up on that real quick. Shout outs to Magmilla, RIP. Um, and hopefully I don't have to hear more on this about this white on white rhyme going on between Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. Um, what else is go? Oh, okay. So the main thing this week was the Apple announcement telecast webinar youtube streaming live shindig going on that they do i guess quarterly or bi-quarterly i don't know and uh not impressed again i am so done with apple i swear to god i gotta get off of iphones but it's just i work as somebody in design and you gotta use like the software i use for my job has to be on an apple computer it only runs on on osx software um and it's just really good to have your phone match your computer i have an imac at home it's old as shit it's gonna break soon but whatever um so i feel like i'm kind of like locked in the in the apple ecosystem here unfortunately they fucking got me they got me early but uh i wanna i want out at this point when it comes to the phones it's getting ridiculous. That window for innovation is just totally gone. I'm seeing nothing remotely interesting about this latest update. This is what I'm doubling down on. Apple shitting the bed yet again. All right, let's go through it real quick. Let's go through this real quick and break it down step by step. All right, so, man, I typed uh, Apple conference summary in google and i got an article and i just wasn't paying attention to what site it was it's men's health does men's health really cover technology that is a little bizarre but whatever i'll roll with it um so all right they run down all right so the first of all there's the new iphone x which is the xs and then there's the XX, XS Max, hard to say, which is the largest screen yet. It's a bigger fucking screen. Holy shit. Boasting a massive 6.5 OLED display. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I need my pictures crispy. Um, Three colors, gold, silver, and space gray. Okay, 64 gigabytes, blah, blah, blah. Boring. Um, But, like... I don't get where the innovation is with this because when you run down the specs, it offers three colors. It offers par for the core storage, waterproofing, but they already did that. This might be an improvement. Great. It's even more waterproof. Cool. I can go snorkeling and take selfies of myself. Fantastic. Um, improved stereo sound that happens literally every new iPhone great faster face ID to unlock the phone still not as fast as my thumb 
which I can unlock in my pocket before I'm even looking at my at my uh, phone. So please bring that back and stop this Face ID horseshit. Uh, A12 Bionic chip, which the company claims the most advanced chip. All right, I don't. Whatever, it's a chip. Great. Uh, 30% faster. All right, so so they just optimized the phone more and made it faster, more waterproof, cleaner sound crisper images dual rear camera so improved camera stuff improved series shortcuts a new photo editing feature that allows you to adjust the depth of field a first for smartphones that's kind of cool 4k video camera and uh Dual SIM, dual standby. So you can have two phone numbers, different plans on the same phone, or just traveling with a data plan. That's kind of cool. I mean, I really want virtual SIM cards, which, by the sound of it, is what this is. Um, I'm not exactly sure all the details, but I hated those hardware SIM cards where you're locked to one carrier. The idea that you can switch carriers on the same phone is really cool. Just from the standpoint of just bringing down those conglomerate companies like Verizon and AT&T that lock you into just their ecosystem when it comes to carrier providers um so that's kind of cool but otherwise like I'm not seeing it price is expensive as shit a thousand dollars or eleven hundred dollars great uh and then they had the cheaper version which is the XR which is scaled down um, that's more colors, so less deluxe materials and a little bit smaller. And so they have six colors. I think the waterproofing's not quite as good. Camera's not quite as good. Um, battery life is better, and that's it, right? And it's seven hundred forty-nine dollars. So, I'm seeing nothing there. They redid the Apple Watch. I don't know what the deal is with Apple Watch right now as far as, like, whether or not um, it's going to be mass adopted. Because it's been out for how long now? I remember, like, I think it 2014 maybe was when it was first released. And now it's like, I still only see tech people wearing it i don't see like normal people who aren't techies wearing it still and it's like four years so from what i can tell since last year it seems like they put all their effort into the iwatch and not so much the iphone the iphone updates were super underwhelming um but it seems like they they totally redesigned the look and feel of the watch they got the edge-to-edge screen with the rounded corners. Wow. 30% larger screen. It's a big-ass screen. You can rock that big-ass screen on your wrist. You know, you can get a picture of a Rolex on your screen, and it's going to be big now, so it looks like you're wearing a real Rolex. Available in silver, gold, space gray, space black, stainless steel finish. Hmm. 18-hour all-day battery life. It's kind of cool. Digital crown, haptic feedback, blah, blah, blah. Louder speaker. I did hear from a couple people I know 
who have Apple Watches that the speakers were kind of shitty. So, and they were too quiet. So that's a good update, I guess. Um, but the thing is, their heart health monitoring is kind of like the main selling point of this new iWatch, Apple Watch. Wait, I keep saying fucking iWatch. Apple Watch. Um, you got a heart sensor that can take your heart rate, your rhythm, and things like AFib, which is the leading cause of strokes. And it has an electrocardiogram sensor, which is, are typically used. I'm just reading this article on Men's Health right now. Shout-outs to Men's Health. Which are typically used to help diagnose heart disease in a clinical setting. It's the first over-the-counter ECG product on the market. Just put your finger on the digital crown 30 seconds later, and you got the ECG rate reading. This could make the Apple Watch invaluable for patients and their doctors, a point that was underscored with president of the American Heart Association, Ivor Benjamin, MD, showed up on stage to support the new tech. The sensors has already been cleared by the FDA with the capability of launching the U.S. customers later this year. That's pretty cool. Um, so that is real innovation, and maybe, you know, they're pouring all their innovation into the watch now, which has a sensor, but why don't they just put those sensors on iPhones unless they have to monitor it, like, for an entire day. Like, it doesn't work just, like, real quick putting it to your wrist or something and having it monitor. Because I just... I get the fact that it makes more sense to do on a watch because you're wearing a watch all day and you're, you're it's constantly skin, skin to watch contact. That sounds weird as shit. Um, but I don't know. If you can just do this on your iPhone and just have some sensor on the phone... I think I'd prefer that, but uh, I get it. It's another piece of hardware that they can sell to their consumers, and that's that. But the biggest fucking issue I have with this update is they're removing, not only did they remove the headphone jack, but they're removing selling you iPhones with a dongle. You have to buy the dongle separately. And these dongles, I just had two dongles fucking break on me in the past three weeks, I think. It is so ridiculous how shittily made those things are that that alone makes me want to throw a fucking egg at Tim Cook. I want to throw an egg at Tim Cook's face just for those crappy-ass dongles. At this point, you know, for years I was like, bring back the headphone jack, bring back the headphone jack, because Bluetooth headphones shelf life is not nearly as good as a regular pair of headphones. They die quicker. Bluetooth battery is battery charged. It's just a product that I'm not willing to invest in, but I might have to, and it is so annoying. It is so freaking annoying. Um, so to me, I have a hard time giving a shit about any of these updates if they don't bring back the headphone jack. That's all I'm asking. Bring it back. And if you don't bring it back, make your fucking dongles work correctly. Right now, this dongle opens up um, randomly Siri. And if I have the podcast app open and I'm listening to a podcast, it'll jump between episodes. It'll restart the episode that I'm listening to randomly. It's fucking absurd. Fix your stupid bugs, Apple, and actually innovate something. Hashtag rant over. Um... So, yeah, that's my take on the Apple uh, conference. Uh, I think the watch is kind of cool. The phones aren't 
anything special and they're making my day-to-day even less convenient than they already have for the past three years. Bravo, Tim Cook. And I saw this article on one of the tech blogs. It might have been TechCrunch. It might have been Verge. I don't know. Comparing, like, Tim Cook to Elon Musk. By the way, I talked about the Elon Musk-Joe Rogan podcast and the awkwardness um, of his, like, pausing, Elon Musk's pausing and everything last week when I was, like, a third into it, maybe halfway. I take it back. I finished it. It was an excellent podcast. I think the longer he went on, the more comfortable he got. And he was also drinking whiskey and smoking weed, so that probably helped. And uh, once he settled in, man, I thought it was really good. He still did the long pauses, but I just think that's how he is. That's how he's programmed. Uh, and it was it was a good episode. He has a really good knack for explaining complicated concepts fairly simplistic like i remember joe rogan at one point i think he was really like buzzed at that point but he was just like i'm too stupid to follow this conversation and uh i was kind of surprised because i was listening i was in rite aid in the fucking snack section looking at snacks and i was listening and uh I was able to understand the concepts of, like, how planes work and how they're able to fly, which he was, like, breaking down with, uh, you know, the different forces, the force of the plane and the wings versus force of gravity and everything. And I was able to, like, understand it conceptually. Um, And I am not good at science. I really am not good at science. So it was very interesting. He's an interesting dude. Uh, But I saw his article on The Verge. I think it was The Verge that you know kind of juxtapose him with tim cook and you know all the concerns with tesla lack of leadership their their, i guess head financial guy quit uh earlier this week or last week i guess or announced it publicly i should say and i don't know i get it i don't think elon musk is really like a leadership ceo type i think he is an engineer that has a lot of just ingenuity, lots of ideas, and lots of focus, and is able to get things done. And that's propelled him to this CEO status, but he inherently is not a CEO type. And now that he is in a rough spot with Tesla from a stress standpoint probably going through some stuff in his personal life you know he's getting a little older i think supposedly he had like an ambient addiction or something but uh in which caused those those crazy tweets he was tweeting i think he's just hitting this point where he's like fuck it i don't care you know he's set for life financially he's just doing this stuff for fun i don't think he even i mean he probably likes the control of being ceo but I'm sure he would love to not have to be, like, the face of Tesla anymore, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just speculating here. And, uh, but for me, like, all that stuff is overrated. You don't need this wishy-washy, fake, confident CEO that provides a fake sense of leadership that make people feel like it's safe to invest in, like, that's on the people being some fucking squares. That's not on that's not on the CEO in my opinion. I think people collectively need to be not as uh 
slave-like in their mentality to risk and gauge everything just off of risk and just let people be people a little, for fuck's sake. I mean, when you have this fake perception, you wind up with cases like Harvey Weinstein where the CEOs are doing really terrible shit or the CBS guy who basically blacklisted Janet Jackson from television um, who just stepped down as the CEO of CBS. Well, you'd rather have that fucking guy than Elon Musk? You're more confident in the overall growth and potential of CBS with that old creepy fuck than Elon Musk? Come on. Get your shit together, America. Investors, board of, board of investors. I don't know, man. I'm just tired of corporate horse shit. I feel like I've said horse shit a lot in this podcast by now. I don't know why. It just It just rolls off the tongue better. Everyone says bullshit. Right, like bullshit, it's bullshit, 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 bullshit. And bullshit sounds good, but horse shit just feels right. And I guess it's less used, so, it, you know, I feel like I'm, like, catching it before it takes off when it's still kind of, like, cool and underground before it's sold out. You know, bullshit sold out decades ago. Horse shit still on the come up. So that's what I roll with. Anyway... Yeah, I would work for Elon Musk as a CEO over Tim Cook any day based on output and outcome. They have better output, better outcomes with their products, Elon Musk that is, and they don't, from what I can understand, Elon Musk companies don't do these shitty little maneuvers like selling head fucking phone dongles. I just can't imagine an Elon Musk company run company doing that so he gets a point over tim cook um as much of a psychopath as he was i think steve jobs is kind of a good blend between the two because he had the ingenuity the innovation the ideas but he wasn't as much of a wild card as elon musk is so i think he's a bit of a micromanager and as someone that's worked for micromanagers, that is an absolute nightmare. But as far as the overall projection of the company goes, I think he was a pretty good bet. He was one of a kind, 100%. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where all this goes. We'll see what happens with Apple with these new product launches. And I know Elon Musk is saying that Tesla is f- going to be profitable by the end of this year. I don't know. I think that's a little uh, soon. But uh, we'll see what happens with Tesla's new launches. I know there's, they've been kind of dragging through the news with some negative press in the past few months, but overall, I feel like what they're doing is insanely healthy. It's just, I don't know. Will a car company with more resources just copy them and do it better? I know Porsche already did it, but I don't think they can. the Porsche electronic car can be at the same price point as some of the lower-end Teslas. So we'll see. It's interesting. See if General Motors kind of crashes the party here or if uh, Tesla is a long play. But uh, overall, I think Elon Musk over Tim Cook all day. Team Elon. Um, We'll see. It's interesting. It is interesting. Ding. Anything else going on? Anything else in the news? That was the main thing I want to talk about. I want to run down. 
and I looked at his article, I think it was on Hypebeast, where they interview three tech insiders when it comes to the Apple event and what the overall consensus was. And they think the dual SIM capability is really cool, but it's really an event for the Apple Watch. And it was kind of just like business as usual with the iPhones and the XS is basically a new iteration of the iPhone X, which tanked horribly and which Apple has decided to squash. So I think the overall sentiment is just kind of cool. They think um, the, 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 the new A12 processor is a cool upgrade as well. I don't know anything about the processors. I don't really give a shit. But it's it's going to make uh, augmented reality apps jump forward, supposedly. And I like the colors. Cool, I guess. Um, who are these people? This is on Hypebeast, by the way. Uh, Matt Smith, UK Bureau and Chief at Engadget. Sasha Segan, Lead Analyst, PCMag.com. Nat Grand, Technology Editor at The Verge. Um, and yeah, they gave their two cents. And overall, it was... Seemed like they put all of their effort or most of their effort into the watch and the iPhones are kind of just business as usual. Um, and that's kind of how I feel. Bring back the damn headphone jack. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I saw that was really stood out to me was uh, some hip-hop stuff. Some hip-hop beef. And beef's beginning, beef's ending. Other than the Eminem Machine Gun Kelly thing, it seems like there's a lot going on in that world. Lil Wayne is now the sole owner of Young Money Records. Amelie, 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 Him and Burman reunited after years of beefing. Um, like father and son duo is back. Popping champagne like they just won the championship game. Um, yeah. Yeezyana, which is like Lil Yeeziana, just some the festival Lil Wayne does. They reunited on stage, and Birdman apologized for uh, not putting some respect on Lil Wayne's name. And uh, they kind of reunited, performed together. It's all good. He owed Lil Wayne like $51 million, though, I thought. And I thought that was the whole thing. And then Lil Wayne countersued him and won, and now they're all buddy buddy again i don't there's like definitely details missing in this because i don't see how any of this was resolved on the surface but i guess they just settled behind the scenes or whatever which is good um i might have some details missing this is like from four years ago this beefing and i'm just picking up what i remember here but that's good good for them and then the other thing i saw was uh frank ocean upset about Travis Scott processing his vocals on his uh, guest feature on Astro World. I don't know if you guys saw that. But he's basically demanding uh, Travis Scott to take his vocal off the song Carousel that he worked on on Astro World because they tinkered and put some auto tune and pitch shifting on his voice. Which I guess he's not a fan of. Yeah, Frank Ocean doesn't really do the autotune thing. He's kind of more of the OG R&B singer. So I can see why he wouldn't be down with the Kanye autotune treatment. Um, if, if 
it was agreed upon before they made the track that that wouldn't be part of it. It's kind of dirty if, like, they agreed on what the song would be and afterwards they switched it, which I'm assuming is what happened or else this wouldn't be in the state that it's in right now, right? Yeah, he has a legit beef, but I don't know if... um legally he has any real grounds i think you know it's travis scott's album so he can kind of do what he wants with it artistically it's just maybe he should have communicated with him prior um and said he wanted to yeah because i don't know i don't know why generally i would think going into a track you either know if you want that auto-tune effect or not like it really drastically changes the vocals and it gives you a very particular type of feel. Um, so I don't know. To me, it's kind of odd to make that switch last minute. So I get I get Frank Ocean's frustration 100%. He don't want to be sounding like Cher. Believe in life after love. I get it. He's a purist. His album, it's like him and like a rusty-ass old guitar on half the tracks. Um, but yeah, it's Travis's album. I guess legally he can do whatever he wants. And the song's good. I mean, the way it turned out sounds good. So, I mean, I can't hate too much. And I like that album overall. Really good album. Interesting production. So, I think I'm going to call it here. Um, hope you guys have an awesome week. I honestly don't know what the status is for next week. I'm going to New Orleans. New Orleans. I know people from New Orleans hate it when people say New Orleans, so I'm not going to say it anymore. But yeah, I'm going to New Orleans next week. A little mini vacay. I've never been. It's one of the few states I've not been to that I really want to go to. and uh, Or cities, I should say. And I really feel like I need to check it off the bucket list. So next week, around the days I usually record, I'm going to be all up in some gator and some oysters and uh, some gumbo. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how I'm going to record next week's episode. I might record it really early in the week and then figure out a way to release it when I normally release it. Or I might just release it early. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, next week might be a little interesting. I'm going to definitely try to record something. Um, but in terms of release schedule, it might shift. I'll tweet about it. Uh, speaking of, follow Not Rocket Science on all the socials. Twitter.com slash NRS underscore show. Instagram NRS slash under, not slash, NRS underscore show. Just underscore. No slash. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got, guys. I hope you had a good one. If you are in the Carolinas, do not get blown away in a hurricane. Stay safe. And I pray that houses do not get flooded. And, uh, hopefully you can go back to shopping at Costco the regular way and not hoarding bread and water very soon. I'm very encouraged it's a Category 1 instead of the rumored Category 4 earlier this week. But, uh, yeah, stay safe. RIP to Mac Miller. Fuck Apple. Team Elon. 
getting my gator on next week. Thanks, guys. Peace out.